gentlemen advance So the question is, if you're going to get into a relationship and develop a relationship and cultivate a relationship, and you know, speaking for myself, I know that I've ha I have trauma that I'm trying to deal with and trying to heal from myself, right? And in some cases, you know, you might have a, a partner that is also experiencing trauma that potentially could roll over into your relationship knowing that should both parties be healed from their past traumas before you even begin to go into a relationship and the reason i say that is because i think when we talk about somebody needs to heal it's almost like the priority is heal first and then engage in a relationship that doesn't work. It never works that way. Mm. People want the relationship and it's like, I can heal while I'm going through it. Yep. And sometimes it's almost as if um, like a, a, a drug addict going to rehab, going into rehab. Like the expectation is, all right, you go into a, you go into a uh, offsite program that's eight weeks and you complete the program with five stars and uh, and and uh, all of the accolades that comes with with it just because you completed the program doesn't necessarily mean you won't have the urge to be a drug addict so, and so it but i think it's like when we we make the this the statement oh well, they need to heal from this before or they need to heal from this in order to I think people look at it like the healing process is like a, a, a finite hospital stay. Yeah. But healing is like 24 seven continuously. So if, if that's the case, do you get involved in a relationship when you know both parties or yourself aren't healed from the circumstances? That's a, that's a, that's a good question, Kev. That's a, that's a very deep question. And because I feel like if, if I got to wait on my, my healing, then I might, I might, I might, hey man, I might be, uh, you know, in the senior citizen's home, <laughs> single like a mug, man, looking sad. I think it, so a couple things. The short answer would be, it depends on the trauma. Do you have to be completely healed from something before you engage in another relationship or seek to establish another relationship? If you broke your leg and you're playing basketball, then yeah, you got to fully heal before you can resume playing basketball. Relationships don't really work that way, though. It's It's tough because there is really no measure of healing when it comes to psychological emotional trauma right there's no test that you can take and be like oh you're 65 percent of the way there let's go right there's there's things that we can we can ask in terms of qualitative questions to find out how intense these triggers are or if you are put into a similar situation we can measure heart rate uh blood pressure we can we can measure that stuff we can measure 
to see has your body resp- how your body responds to certain things. But there is really no full test to find out if someone is fully 100% healed from trauma, per se. In saying that, I would say personally, I don't think that you have to wait until you have reached the pinnacle of healed for a trauma. What I will say is you should be doing the work to get to the healing of the trauma instead of getting into another relationship or situationship opening yourself up emotionally to be vulnerable to another human being and then decide, Oh, okay, maybe I should go to therapy now. Therapy. So therapy isn't something that you should do because, Oh, it's a buzzword or I've known couples who where individuals have said they go to therapy because that's what their partner wanted them to do. I revealed to one of my clients that a therapist or a coach can only treat and respond to the things that you share. So if you're going to therapy to talk about procrastination, but procrastination really isn't something that's rearing its head in your relationship, Okay, so therapy is helping you with procrastination. But you can't keep using, yeah, I'm going to therapy to work on myself. It's true. You are going to therapy to work on yourself, but you're not focusing on the things that's showing up within the relationship. If procrastination isn't a thing within your relationship, does that make sense? It it makes sense. But I guess the point, I guess the, the hit it, the deeper meaning behind the question, um, is it a time? Is it a timeline? Is it realistic? And this is this is why I made the comment because I I was I, I've been divorced seven years, right? Seven years. I probably needed four to five of of those seven years to kind of get over the divorce and the grieving process of the divorce and the new norms of, you know, what my life was like prior to that, I probably needed five years to mourn before I said, oh, you know what? I should, you know, I think I want to date again. Right. And the work that I I started to do in that process over the five years, the work still hasn't stopped to today. It's still going on. It's still ongoing work that I'm doing just because, you know, it's it's more so about me wanting to be a better version of myself, juxtaposed to, you know, the, the relationship caused all of this trauma. I had the trauma before I had the marriage, you know what I'm saying? And so I guess it's like the timeline on, cause even now I'm just kind of saying, feeling okay, sticking my toe and like dating for real, for real. But I think I'm still traumatized just from previous experiences. Also, I'm just not. I'm just trying to be a new version of myself in a new environment, though. Yeah, and it, it ain't no timeline on that. And and it's not a cookie cutter. Yeah, it's not a cookie cutter. And I think 
a lot of people think, oh, all right, cool. So I've been working on this for about a year now. I should be good. And I remember someone once saying, treatment that can't be tested can't be trusted. So if I am a weight loss counselor and I'm helping you curb your appetite for chocolate cake, and we do all of these tools for chocolate cake, and you've now built up this this defense mechanism to avoid chocolate cake. So in the stores, you don't even go in the section where they sell the chocolate cake. Or if you know this restaurant has the dessert menu full of chocolate cake, you don't go to that restaurant. You don't really know you've been healed until you are placed in a situation that forces you to respond differently than the unhealed version of yourself. So I'm not telling you to avoid the the Wegmans bakery because they got a damn good chocolate cake. What I am going to help you do is to figure out some coping skills and some strategies to where you are in the environment, but you don't make the decision to pursue the chocolate cake. So we can avoid everything, but that doesn't mean we're really fully healed from it until we are put not necessarily into similar situations, but in an environment that would require us to respond differently than we would have if we haven't been working on that, that trauma. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But what you just described though, that's Pookie in the Carter, man. Say more. Pookie in the Carter. Pookie was a crackhead. Yeah. And, and, and uh, rehabilitated himself and they got a job in the drug house. So like it's kind of it, yeah, when you say it's how it's the decisions that you make within the environment. Is it Pookie in the Carter and it, like it's that extreme, or is it more so like oh Pookie lives five blocks away from the drug house? That you have to be in the drug house to like confirm no that right? the healing the healing has been accomplished you know because, that pinnacle because the drugs don't just necessarily stay in the drug house right like if he's going to similar places that he's been before he knows oh he can go to the bar and ask for this type of drink but it comes with a little bag of crack like okay cool does he go to the bar and ask for that drink no he gets something else that's progress if he goes up the street where he you know he used to get it in and he doesn't stop or he doesn't have the desire to stop anymore. That's progress. Am I saying the nigga got to go and take residence up in the crack house and be, uh, <laughs> and be like the den mother or the den father. Yeah, the den, the den father that. of the crack house, yeah, man, not, making sure everybody yeah, comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that. Does he have to volunteer at a drug rehab center? I'm not saying that either. Right. But you, you can't say you're healed from something and you still have a desire to do that. Right? And so when we think about our healing, I would say that there's no um, one fit size answer to this question. It can't be. Um, because healing from psychological trauma can vary greatly from person to person. Somebody can heal in two weeks. Someone may take two years. Someone may take two decades. What I will say is 
it is recommended that individuals take the time to focus on their self-care and their personal growth before they pursue new relationships, before they pursue new situationships. Um, Because ultimately, you want to build a healthy foundation for the next relationship. You don't want to go into the next dragging stuff from the former. One of my well, favorite me... one of my favorite lines about trauma is like if you don't transform it, you transfer it. So how do you get to the point where you transform it? You go to therapy, you start to work on it, you start to acknowledge that this is a thing. A lot of us, everyone, we're walking around with unhealed and untapped trauma, and some of us aren't even aware that it is a thing. I asked someone, why is it so hard for you to make a decision? Trauma as a child was they wanted to make sure they made the right decision for the person that was asking because they knew if they upset at that person, then it was going to be hell to pay. So that's why it takes them so long to make a decision. Okay, great. That happened when you were a child acknowledging that as an adult that this is where it stems from it's part of the solution go to therapy and work on it because you can't keep assuming that everyone's going to treat you the way that person treated you yeah and that's what happens when we have trauma that we don't work on we we loop everything that feels like this into this someone raises their voice can you go through horse. that process can you go through that process in a in a relationship, like saying that that it's you know you maybe you're trying to rehab the relationship or fix the relationship or make it better. Like, can you can you go through that process in the midst of it, or does it have to be like a, a finality and you you're laying no, down a foundation it, for future stuff? It can happen at any given moment, right? The second you realize that trauma keeps rearing its head, or maybe your partner has pointed some stuff out, like, hey, this is a reoccurring pattern. Maybe you should check in, like, check this out. Maybe you should chat about this to figure out why this is a thing. Because it's it's a constant thing. You're saying it's because of this. I want to just make sure I'm making the right decision. Cool. Go deeper. What has forced you to say that, oh, you always have to make the right decision? Oh, it has to be. Or it has to be per- the perfect decision. has to be perfect. Go deeper. Right? And a lot of times you individuals will try to do this by themselves and be like, oh, well, this is why I do X, Y, and Z and, you know, blah, 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 and they brush it off. No. Acknowledgement is the first step. Acceptance and acknowledgement. The next step is to get help at a higher level of intelligence so it can pull you up and out of that space that you're in. Right? It was once said that you can't solve the problem with the same level of intelligence that created the problem. When we're in trauma, oftentimes we are so close to the mirror that we can't see the full picture. So there's an exercise that I do with my clients. I have them get a mirror. They sit sideways and I say, get a ruler, have the mirror five inches from your face. Tell me what you see. And their vision is limited because they're so close to the mirror. So I said, the further back you go, the fuller the picture. Move the, move the mirror back. 
And now you get to see your full face. Put the mirror somewhere in the room and walk away from it. And you potentially can see your whole entire body. That's how we look when we're looking at our trauma. We're thinking it's one-sided or that it's really looking like this. If we step back from the mirror, we can see it's a full damn picture. But with our level of intelligence, or sometimes because we're so deeply entrenched into it, we think it's this really small speck that we're looking at. And so we keep trying to treat the small speck, but there's really a bigger picture. And so I'm treating the small speck, but on the outside, it's growing. And, and then when I take a step back, I see that it's, oh, it's now leaking into other aspects of my life. Or, oh, this trauma is triggering this trauma, which is also triggering this type of response. Yeah, it's like if you got a pipe in your house that's leaking, it won't, it, you know, you, you might not be able to see the damage initially because it's behind a wall or under a flooring or what have you. But then you recognize like, oh, well, where, where did this spot come from? You know, you know, 10 feet down the hall. Yeah. Oh, because the pipe is running behind the wall and the, the overflow is coming out in another area of the room. Same and, pipe though. Yeah. And that's, that's a real life example in my previous office. The roof was leaky. So what did they do? They swapped the ceiling tiles. They didn't fix the leak. They swapped the ceiling tiles. So two weeks later, we're calling to say, hey, I need you to come get the molded ceiling tiles out of the office. One, it's an ugly sight. And two, it's a health risk. Oh, well, we patched up the blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. But the leak is now internal. And that's what we do with trauma. We identify it, say what it is, we'll put a Band-Aid on it. Okay, cool. Put a Band-Aid here, but there's still pressure here. And one thing that we don't really recognize is that trauma can shift itself into so many different forms. Like a chameleon. And we're not aware that Sometimes a lot of our responses are trauma responses. Somebody raises their voice because you're over talking them. And now you shut down because you're thinking about the last time someone raised their voice at you, they raised their hand to hit you. And so now you're upset because they're yelling at you. And it's like, I'm not yelling at you. I raised my voice because you keep talking over me. No, you're yelling at me. So now you feel attacked. Because what happened when you were a kid, right before you got hit, someone raised their voice. And so now anytime someone raises their voice, you immediately go back to that same space. Same space, same space, and same behavior. And to that point, we also don't recognize that what we don't heal gets revealed. Right? And so... That little boy or that little girl that experienced the trauma, that's where we stay with that type of situation. That little boy, that little girl never grows up. The body in which carries that little boy or little girl continues to grow and evolve. But anytime that situation happens, we revert back to where 
that little boy or that little girl experience that every single time. The same way a child would respond is how you're responding in your adult relationship. I'm telling you this. Well, you don't do this and you don't do this, right? Childlike behavior, childlike response. Because you're going back to the time where you experienced that trauma and that child is responding. But you're suppressing it. And like indirectly, you're you're suppressing it, but you're still reverting back to it in the same moment. Absolutely. And you got to acknowledge, right? One, you got to tell the little boy or little girl and you're like, yo, it's okay. I got it. We got it. We're okay now, right? I'm okay. It's no longer a defense mechanism. You're protected. You're okay. You can leave. I can handle this. And as an adult, you can acquire tools and a different level of emotional intelligence to help you process this. But you can't do this by yourself. Even therapists have a therapist. Even counselors have a counselor, right? Because oftentimes we're too close to the mirror to see the full picture. And until... Until there is work done, self-work, I always tell people, you can go to therapy, tell your therapist everything you need to tell them. They'll give you the tools. But if you don't do the work, you going to therapy is in vain. You have to do the work. If your therapist is giving you tools on coping, tools on how to respond differently, tools on how to recognize triggers, and you're not putting the tools to use, it's pointless. It's absolutely pointless if you're not doing the work. I know several. So if you just go through the program, you're just not magically healed, brother Jay. That's not how that works, brother. That's not how it works, huh? The therapist or the program or the process introduces you to introduces you to healing. Introduces you to a new world. It's up to you to get on the magic carpet and ride it into the new world like Aladdin, right? It's up to you to move your feet. Right. I remember my mentor told me, God orders your steps, but you got to move your feet. And so as a therapist, as a coach, as a counselor, I can only. I can only show you what healing looks like. Or where where the healing is on the map, this is oh, this is where you're trying to go. You got to get there. Because when I disconnect the call, when you leave my office, it's up to you to put into practice the things we discussed. So you can't just say, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to therapy and blah, blah, blah. When you're not doing the homework. When you're not doing the homework. Yeah. You can go to school, but you won't get class, right? And so, like, trying to figure this thing out, it's easy. Just do it. And it's uncomfortable because a lot of times we've gotten so used to carrying our trauma that we've we've configured or contorted ourselves to make the trauma more easier to carry. I remember almost like a badge of honor. Yeah. I remember I went to the spa, got a full body massage and the woman told me I was very tense in my neck. And I'm just like, Ooh, she, she worked it elbow. It was a lot. It was a lot happening about two days later. My neck tightens up and I'm just like, what is like, I remember I was at happy hour right before my birthday party. I go to laugh and my neck tightens up like stiff. So I'm taking ibuprofen. 
I have a muscle relaxer, hit my doctor up. They're trying to figure out what it was. Ibuprofen kind of helps the situation a little bit. But depending on how I lay at night, the next day could be worse. So when I eventually get in to see my doctor, he explained the massage worked out the trauma that and the stress and the tension that was in your neck. But because it's been there so long, there was muscle memory. So stuff was forming around the stress and the tension. Now that it's gone, your, your muscles got to, they got to, there's a new environment for them to like live in and survive in. And they're not used to it. So stuff is tensing up because there was always something pushing there. And now that that's gone, it's, they don't know what's happening. So there's, there's muscle spasms and, and there's stuff's happening. So he was like, just keep going back to the spa once a week. Wrote a prescription. Go to the spa once a week. Be mindful of how you sleep on it. Come back in two weeks. So I went back. They did some x-rays. He was like, yeah, there's there's nothing. There's nothing here. How does it feel? And I'm like, I'm slowly able to, like, regain complete movement. So he was like, in order to prevent this from happening again, you got to recognize where you're holding your attention. Right? And that's stress. And trauma, because my body was so used to carrying it around, when it's gone, things get out of whack and are used to. You got to restate. You got to restabilize. Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm like, dude, I went to a massage to relax. He said, and you did, and that was the thing. You were so relaxed. Your body was like, wait, something is normally pushing here, and it's not there anymore. I don't know what to do. Lock up. Lock up. Oh, it's coming back. Lock up. And it's just like, yeah. So I suffered for like a month and a half until I was able to get it all out and get my muscles and everything else retrained, like reset in that particular part of my body. You're not a spring chicken anymore, bro. That part man. too, right? And so you're not a spring chicken anymore, man. The the, the bottom, t- I, you you know, I said it and jokingly. I don't think you believe me, man. You know. You almost middle age, bro. Hey, I will I will gladly you accept You almost it. middle age, man. It's coming. It's coming. I will gladly accept that because there's many, many, many brothers who can't or don't have the opportunity to say that. And that's real rap. Right. And trauma can manifest itself in so many ways and show up. And you don't really know. Like trauma doesn't schedule appointments with you. Trauma's not going to be like, oh, yeah, on Friday, you finna be in an argument and I'm going to pop up. It's not how that works. But there is going to be a trigger. And you may be aware of some of them. And some of them you may not be aware. You may not understand or realize that you're showing up this way or you don't know why you're responding every time somebody does this. You don't know until you start to have a conversation. Under Understanding the symptoms of the trauma. Yeah, but a lot of times individuals will try to treat the symptoms and not the root, not the cause, right? Oh, um, <laughs> I remember I went to the dentist, and someone in the office was like, yeah, um, every time I do this, it starts bleeding. So the dentist said, well, step one is stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so I chuckled in the waiting room because I was like, well, yeah, it's, it's common sense. He was like, now we need to figure out why that is causing your gums to bleed. 
So then they did some tests and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, one, there was an infection. Two, there's a gum disease. And so recognizing that, okay, you're trying to treat the symptoms. So you're, whatever you're doing at home is to stop the bleeding, but you're not stopping the cause of the bleeding. Because two days later, you go back to brushing with the same abrasive technique and you're bleeding again. And you're just like, yeah, every time I do this, like it stops for a day. And then, you know, I use something else. And then the next day I use this again. He goes, well, stop. Step one, stop doing that. <laughs> like, and so when, when we recognize what's happening in terms of trauma, like, oh, anytime this happens, I do this. So let's now go deeper to why or where this can come from. And a lot of times you can't do it on your own, right? So recognizing behaviors and patterns that may be abnormal, have a chat with somebody. Listen, every time I get into a conversation about X and somebody says Y, Z happens, and I'm trying to figure it out. You're not going to be able to figure it out by yourself. And even if you do, you're still not going to be able to come up with the tools and the coping things, not to mention sometimes I'll listen as my clients are telling me what they think the problem is. And I'll be like, okay, no, that's actually a symptom. This is the problem. And they're looking at me like, oh, I never would have thought about that. That third, that third party objectivity. Yeah. Because I'm not close to the situation where I'm listening and hearing everything you're saying. But usually individuals will come to me and they'll tell me what they think the problem is. And they've rehearsed it so much in their head that they believe it. Or, you know, my mother told me X, Y, and Z and the same thing happened to her and blah, blah, blah. And, and this is what it is. Well, who told your mother? That's what it was. Actually, from what you're telling me, it sounds like this. And they're like, Oh, I never would have. I love those moments when people go, Oh, yeah, you're thinking it's it's galactical. No, it's it's right here. It's right here. It's real small. But we're, it's almost like you need an interpreter. Uh, what's that key and pill skit? And they're talking about President Obama, and then President Obama got like his real spokesman Luther, mm-hmm. and so pre- President Obama like uh, very proper and appropriate for and PC for everything, and then Luther the Luther the nigga behind him. Talking that cash shit. <laughs> it's almost like you what you describe, man. This is what my mind went. It's almost like I want, I want like a a a trauma interpreter, like live action, like right when I'm in the middle of some shit, man, to really explain it, but either say it in a way that, that, that the, the interpreter know knows that I can't, or explain it in a way that I can go. Yeah. Like to get like to give an example. Oh, oh, well, this is the conversion. Oh, this is Luther. Yeah, yeah. Like, yo, the, the, and because I think sometimes we have to, we we see, we see trauma and friction and conflict, um, and pro, and polarities. It's good. It's bad. Yeah. You know, um, it's 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 righteous. It's evil. But it's like, but you know, when you have polarities like that. There's a perspective that's causing the difference. But like you said, if you have someone to kind of just point it out, well, no, this is you're you're making you're making a a, a mountain from a molehill. Yeah. But it's the understanding of the coping and the understanding of the tools that you really need to come to that 
developing product. Yeah. And it's also very vital while you're in this stage to be careful who you're listening to. I remember one of my clients told me <laughs> this verbatim. Well, you know, I talked to my mother. My mother experienced the same thing, and she said it was <laughs> fine. I said, so because your mother adapted this as normal, you two are subscribing to that. She was like, yeah. I was like, and how has that worked for you? She looked at me like she wanted to call me out my name. I said, no, we in this space. How has that worked for you? She just looked at me. I said, all right. So we're talking about relationships, and you are frustrated that um, you're having a hard time maintaining intimate relationships. Cool. So you talk to your mother about this behavior. She's saying it's normal. Oh, yeah, I do that too. Ain't nothing wrong with that, blah, blah, blah. What's your mother's relationships look like? She gave me another look like she wanted to call me out my name. This time she wanted to cuss me and my mother out, right? And it was like, but she was processing it. I said, now I'm not, I'm not attacking. I really want you to observe. Someone that's telling you this behavior is healthy, how has it worked for them? You're, and you told me in a previous session, you know, your, mom, your mother played the game of find a man, keep a man. And it was, it was a revolving door. And now it's, you're mirroring that same behavior because you're subscribing to the notion that the behavior that you are now questioning and other people, previous relationships, have said, yo, this ain't normal. You got to work on this. But you're being told it's normal from someone that's doing the same thing you're doing. Find a man, keep a man. Find a man, keep a man. Find a man, keep and And you can't keep, right? You can find, but you can't keep. Because it's this behavior. And now once you recognize that, oh, it's not normal, maybe I should stop listening to someone who is doing the same thing that I'm doing, but is content in doing this. Maybe it's time for me to make the decision that I need to change the trajectory of where my life is going. But that's trauma. How do you, how do you heal from that? Because you kind of want to listen to your mother for guidance because lived experiences. But you also need to you also need to make sure that the counsel is wise and coming from a place of health and healing and not just existing or repeating what was done because, oh, well, you know, that's that's just blah, blah, blah. You're numbing because you're, you're numbing part of the experience by not acknowledging it. And, 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 and because you 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 have this ability to to numb trauma. By whatever means, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're self-medicating, prescribed medicating, uh, you know, do, doing something to take your mind off of said trauma, you think that you're becoming numb to it, but it continues to rear its head. Yep. You, it, you know, it, it, it just looks different. It looks different. And I think um, that ability to compartmentalize um, is tough because you got to go through, you got to go through a process of, of self-reflection and self-regulating because I mean it's shitty to deal with the emotions behind or the feelings that were the that direct result of the trauma yeah then it's even tougher if if you have to kind of carry that process out within a relationship because now it's almost like a uh a live reality show <laughs> 
Because like you seeing you seeing me melt down. I mean, th- think about reality TV, man. Like how how the shit just came about. Somebody said somebody somebody witnessed a character have a meltdown mm-hmm. on TV in live live TV, a, a human moment, a human situation, and people were like, "Damn, they melt down just like me," and it becomes entertaining. It's entertaining to 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 watch the meltdown, but it's difficult to acknowledge that you have meltdowns to fix it. Yeah. Cause don't get me wrong, man. You know, I, you know, I had a few meltdowns in my life, and a lot of those meltdowns, we talk about it. And yo, I, I got to chuckle at myself because the shit is entertaining. It still don't make it good though. Right. <laughs> like you gotta sit back and say, "Damn, I can't believe I said that." <laughs> right yo it's so it's it, you know the the the, in, the engagement in it man mm-hmm. the processing of it the feeling of it the consistency in the work involved it's a 24 7 process it's a lifelong thing you may not ever be completely healed from trauma per se but you got to you got to take the step. If if you recognize that, oh, this is a trigger. Why is this a trigger? Let me talk to someone about this. Because ultimately, if I continue down this path, where is this going to lead me in my current relationship? Because I can't keep apologizing for the same behavior. Nah, man. You can't keep apologizing. I can't keep saying, I know I, know I got to do this and blah, 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 and I'm going to therapy and blah, blah. Like, you can't, you can't keep saying that because eventually... Like the Missouri logo, uh, motto, show me. Show me. You got to show me. You're going to therapy, but you're still out here knocking and bucking every chance you get. I thought you were working on, you know, anger management and therapy. Oh, no, I was going to work on procrastination. Yeah. But you don't procrastinate <laughs> other than you dealing with anger management, right? That's avoidance. There's something called procrastination, and then there's avoidance. Why are you avoiding this? It's not that you're putting it off, like you're just acting like it doesn't exist. And so you have to eventually get to the point where one, within your relationship, people got to hold you accountable too. Because if you don't have anyone around you holding you accountable, it's it's kind of tough, right? Going back to my example of my client, if you go to therapy and you share with your mother what your therapist said, oh, they don't know what they're talking about and blah, 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 blah. And eventually you start to listen to your mother, right? You start to reverse the work that the therapist has done because you, you want to stay in this space because you've now formed this comfortable abode within this space of trauma. I've learned how to manage and live my life through this. Why do I want to adapt and learn something new? I'll, I'm okay. I'm figured out. It only hurt for a week. Every time I go through this, relationship thing and it don't work i give me a week or two i'll be back on my feet pookie enjoying the carter yeah and it's like why do you want to keep experiencing life like this when you've been called to live abundantly this ain't it abundantly abundantly say that one more time brother jay abundantly live live abundantly yeah that's it because you 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 want to make sure that there is no residual trauma symptoms that are uh, that any residual trauma symptoms are addressed as well. 
so that nothing can negatively impact future relationships. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing from your past is negatively impacting it in a manner in which you can't manage it. If you there, know, there, there'll always be conflict in relationships. Man. Conflict is, is yeah. healthy. Yeah. There's healthy conflict. You two people coming together as one, one's going to be strongly uh, opinionated about this. The other's going to be opinionated about this. And so if those two don't meet, then there's going to be conflict because you're going to feel passionate about this. They're going to feel passionate about this and both can be true. How can polarities, how can you make both work? It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. But I think we've also been socialized to say that it has to be, someone has to be right. Someone has to be wrong. I was thinking (laughs) one client, you know, traditionally they say the, Family of the bride pays for the wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traditionally, yeah. right? That's the tradition. The father of the bride. And so one one, one couple, we were having a conversation. Um, and her partner said, well, you know, tradition has gone out the window because... <laughs> Your dad ain't paid for shit thus far. So I <laughs> I chuckled. She <laughs> chuckled too, but she was like, right. But he was like, nah, we can't be traditional in one way if we not going to be traditional in all ways. So that was, that's was that been our joke ever since they said that. I was like, ah, yeah. you're trying to be traditional here, but over <laughs> here. But when you really think about it, right, like more than one thing can be true at once. The bride's family can contribute. The groom's family can contribute. Or just the bride and groom can finance it and y'all handle it. Themselves, yeah. You don't have to subscribe to certain things. But one thing doesn't always have to be true. More things can be true at once. That's really the the elephant in the room in all of this. Is the, you know, the ability to work towards... Um, compromise and understanding through through all of the trauma and the hope is that you get understanding to be you know to be a better a better individual and and better and you know treat people better but also to uh receive love and support and advice better you know we i don't know man i guess it's i I guess it's the society that we're in we're kind of groomed to compete Mm -hmm. we're groomed to compete we're groomed to um kind of stick our flag in a certain polarity because you know we carry it as a badge of honor or suppose the opinion or perspective is um something that is a part of who we are so we got to defend it even more yeah right but when it comes to matters of the heart like you 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 can't have that adversary approach can't it's just no it's just like it's 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 no it's no way so it's like and everything, especially in the Western civilization, everything that we've learned, um, it's really about mer- uh, indiv- individualism, yeah, capitalism. Me, if if you can't win, if I win, yeah, somebody has to lose. Yeah, somebody has to be superior. Somebody has to be inferior to that who is superior, right? It's it's one or the other. It can't be both. And it's like, no, actually, it can be both. You can have your cake and we can eat it too, right? Like you, you can, both can exist. Yeah. Yes. 
it can. But it's that that conditional, the societal way of thinking that if we choose my way, then I get bragging rights. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, we're doing this because this was my idea. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's just like everyone's idea can be incorporated. More than one thing could be true at once. We can do that and we can do this. Well, no, if we do this, there's no point in doing that. If we do your thing, there's no point in doing my thing because you don't want me to do my thing. Got it. Right? And so listen to a lot of the things that people are saying and sometimes it's a it's a it's a trauma response. And I've recognized that I think me being in the field that I'm in um, and doing the work that I'm doing has saved a few people from some cussing outs, right? Like I had a conversation with someone and their response was a trauma response and I was fully aware of where it was stemming from. And I think that was their only saving grace as to why I didn't give them a new name in that, that moment, right? Like just, just because I hold it together doesn't mean I got it all together. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't let this coaching space and place fool you. Like, the six pack is incomplete. Like, I can, <laughs> I can still knock if you buck with the best of them, right? And so, like, just being real mindful that everyone is dealing with trauma and not everyone is working or to heal said traumas. Um, and giving grace where grace is needed, but also recognize that you have to do the work. My clients get sick of me saying this, right? Do the work. Before we even go any further in the new session, I'll ask like, all right, cool. What did you do? Like, what was your follow-up? What What did you do in response to our conversation last week? What did you do with that information and that conversation? And if you tell me nothing, then there's nothing to talk about this week because you're not ready to build on what we built on last week until you put it into practice, until you use it, until you realize, oh, this is what this feels like. Got it. There's no point because at the end of the sessions, you'll have this toolbox full of tools and you won't know how they work or if they work. And so you've been collecting tools because people say you need a toolbox so you can show off, oh, I got this new toolbox. Oh, I've been to therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause no, oh, eventually, oh, eventually, because you never use the tools, they just sit in the box. They become rusty and ineffective. Right, because we're one, we're not putting them to use, yeah. nor are we uh, taking good care or maintenance of them. Yeah. Hey, man, the month of love, man, the month of love, man. It should be about collaboration, collaboration, and implementation. You know, love, love is the, you know, the reason that we're here. So you can't achieve that without collaborating, man. The reason that we're here. It is, man. You know, and, it, and a lot of times I think uh, people's trauma um, creates handcuffs and barriers from them being able to give love and receive love, man. Yeah. Real rap. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. And a lot of times, bro, the sad part is many people aren't aware that the reason why they're not able to find or secure, keep, maintain the inner me (laughs) is the enemy. 
right? Yeah. And so I told <laughs> I told my friend once, I was like, no, it yeah, you're the problem. You're the problem. In all these situations you keep telling me, like common denominator, you, <laughs> like you're the problem. Work on yourself first. Go to therapy. Talk about the things that you're experiencing and then do the work. You're the nah, problem. Man. I'm it's not the blame. Gonna, I'm not it's the blame let, because looking at me ain't easy. I'm blame. not going to let you go around acting like it's everybody else's fault. You mm. were the problem. Your past relationships didn't work out. You were the reason you got fired. You were the like it's you. I would not be your friend if I if I'm not keeping it a buck with you. Ten toes mm-hmm. down. Yeah. You are the problem in all of these situations. Yeah. Figure out why. Go be great. Don't keep coming back to me to the same problem till you go to therapy. Man, well, on, on that note. <laughs> Love you. Hey, <laughs> on that note, village. You've just you've just witnessed another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. Well, true game is always in heavy rotation. I'm KEV, that's RLJ. We are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Until next time, collaborate, work through your trauma, do your homework. Love, receive love, and be light. Go to therapy. (laughs) Get healing. And then be light. In that order.